Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I am going to be introducing you guys to my friend, Lindsay Wiley. She is a CPA. She originally is from Maryland, but she moved to California back in 2012. And her story is going to be a lot of fun. Um, as part of her bio, it says that she showed up in town with $300 in the bank and she bought an air mattress and she started living on her mom's floor. Um, and that was back in 2012. We're in 2021. So I'm sure a lot has happened since then. Lindsay, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, before we kind of dive into your story and really get into the details, how are you? I, I, I've been liking. I've been liking to ask this question at the beginning because I feel like we're in such like a new time where I, we can't just dive into the conversation. We have to like check in and see how things are going. <laughs> no, I absolutely understand. Um, I'm better than honestly better than most. I, I should. I'm blessed that so far, knock on wood, I've been able to get through this challenging time as we all have uh, pretty unscathed so it's nice yeah that's so good to hear because I know so many people are suffering and have yeah. so many different things that have happened during this time um I'm just glad that everything's going well for you then thank you yeah me too <laughs> yeah. so I can't wait to hear a little bit about your story um the fact that you showed up from Maryland to California with $300 in the bank and you were sleeping on your mom's floor um and I know that was at age 34 and you said that you hadn't lived at home with your mom since like age 13. So that had to been like a big shift. Tell us a little bit about what that's about. Um, so my parents divorced when I was about two. Uh, my father moved to Maryland. Uh, my mother eventually moved out here to California in 89. Um, that's when I split from her and moved back East to live with my dad and my stepmom, who've been now married 40 years. Um, they married when I was about three, four years old. And uh, my mom and I haven't had a, as most mother daughters, we just had a very contentious relationship. Um, so it was, we never bonded very well. Um, even today, it's got its ups and downs for sure. But, uh, you know, I got to the age where I was around 34. And um, I was living with a man at the time and was trying to make that picture perfect, you know, that idea life of the white picket fence and the house and the husband and the kids and the job and, and it all blew up in my face one night and uh, pretty disastrously and 
I kicked him out of the house for a few days while I uh, thought things through. And um, I called my biological mom. I was coming out to see her and my grandmother who was still alive at the time for a visit. And I simply just asked her, what if I, what if I stayed? Um, and unfortunately at the time she had just lost her husband uh, to cancer. So it was kind of mutually beneficial. She kind of needed me to help kind of fill the gap of her loneliness and uh, being alone and I needed a new start. So yeah, we did it. Yep. And uh, so I moved out here. Yeah. Essentially 300 bucks in my pocket. Like uh, my last paycheck from at the time, I think I was uh, working on the farm and bartending. I had uh, lost my previous job uh, in accounting and um, I, uh, for about a month, I kind of recouped and then I got a job with Channel 6 News as their controller down in Kearney Mesa. So that kind of started me establishing myself out here in California. Um, worked with them for about 90 days. Um, I found fraud. So um, that turned into a whole other bucket of worms. <laughs> Um, so I had left Channel 6 and then um, became the uh, controller and CFO of a, a turf company called Easy Turf. And I worked with them for quite a few years until I started my own company. Well, I think it was back in 2016. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you and your mom were able to both support each other during that time. And we were. It was nice. We kind of really were able to kind of rebond again, um, kind of put the past aside, kind of get the demons, you know, to go away and kind of reestablish a new relationship. One that was built on, you know, me being a more mature, being an adult, having a more of an adult relationship with her. So it definitely did a lot of good for my psyche. I'd say it, it really did put to rest a lot of angst of childhood stuff you go through with your parents and things. And so it was great. And uh, yeah, so we rebonded and uh, I lived with her until I want to say 2014. So I stayed with her for about two years. And then she started traveling and getting out there on her own again and trying to date. And um, so I, of course, was starting to establish my own circle of friends here in Oceanside. And um, my mom was charging me rent. She was charging me about $1,000 a month. Um, and I went and house sat for one of my best friends for a week while she went to Panama. Ended up breaking my tailbone from my horse, had to have surgery. <laughs> so I ended up on her couch longer than anticipated. And then she lost her job. And then about a month and a half later, I quit mine. Um, and I just said to her, I said, why don't we just move in together? We can save money on rent. She would charge, she was literally charging me less than my mom was. Um, <laughs> plus she's more fun to hang out with, no offense to my mother. But, um, and so then I ended up moving in with her and lived with her for about, yeah, three years. And then that's when I met my now fiance. And then we moved in together, <clears throat> excuse me, right at the same time, she was bringing in her boyfriend. So luckily it all kind of really worked out together very well. Like we both got boyfriends at the same time, ended up now, she's now married to him and I'm now engaged. So it kind of, we had a very parallel, um, kind of uh, existence at the time. So it, was, it worked out great. That's how life works sometimes, right? Like things yeah. happen when they're supposed to and you have people that come into your life for those seasons to help you through things and then something happens and changes and then you move on to the next adventure. So where in the process then did it start where that you 
started, you started your own business. Tell us a little bit about how that transitioned. So I, after working for Easy Turf for a while, and they got um, acquisition by a larger turf company out, out of uh, Montreal, Canada. And I, I did not get along with the new CEO that came into the company. I, get, I got along very well with the owner. Um, we had a very good working relationship, but the new CEO and I just did not click. And this has been a reoccurring habit in my life with working in corporate. Um, I, I'm kind of, I either you get along with me or you don't. I mean, I'm not a very, I'm not a polarizing person, but I am outspoken and um, I'm not a quiet, I'm not your typical accountant. I'm not a quiet girl that just sits in the corner and counts her beans and <laughs> leaves it at that. Like I'll say my piece. Um, so either I get along with powerful men or I don't. Um, in this instances, I didn't. And uh, luckily I had enough, Sarah and I were able to take sabbatical uh, for about four months, which essentially we just played, um, but it was good. And then during that sabbatical time, um, when money started running out, I thought to myself, well, do you really want to go back to corporate and go learn that, do this whole experience all over again, get to a point where you've grown to the level of CFO, you're at the top of your ranks, you're getting paid, you're capped at a certain pay rate, a pay level, um, which I knew I couldn't make more because um, I had and I'd kind of tinkered out in my salary in corporate over the last few years. And then I thought, you know what? Oh, everybody keeps coming to me to do their taxes or to advise on uh, bookkeeping or CPA advice. And I thought, why don't I just open my own place? So I have a friend who has, who was a millionaire let's not beat around the bush. And I proposed, I wrote up a business plan and uh, figured out how much working capital I initially needed to start the business. I offered him 40% of the company until I could pay him off. And then I had the right to buy him out. And um, he agreed. He gave me the initial capital and off to the races I went. So I started working initially out of my home um, and just doing simple tax returns, uh, some bookkeeping work, um, everything up until this year has been 100% referral for me, which is great. Um, it's the business has grown quite well off of just referral alone. Um, and so then about a year or so after that, I started, I was able to afford to be able to start going to Hare Hub, um, got my offices at Hare Hub, been there ever since, and uh, it's going great. Yeah. And that's how I started. I just didn't want to go back to corporate. I'll be honest with you. That is really the motivation. Yeah. And so many people can relate, or at least I, I know I can relate because that was kind of a little bit my story with leaving retail management. I just didn't yeah. want to do it anymore. I, the mm -hmm. thought of having to work for somebody else and not have any control over my schedule or my pay or those different things were huge yep. pieces for me. Um, kind of like it was for you. Yes. But I yeah, I love that you like reached out to a like you were you're so brave right because you you reached out to a friend and was like hey let me pre let me present this business opportunity to you can like can I have your support and backing to that I love that you were able to reach out and found somebody who could help you kind of get things going because I know sometimes when people are starting businesses we're not always sure where the money's going to come from we're like mm. it's really hard to leave that steady paycheck that's coming in every single month with has benefits on it has 401k has you know those couple of weeks of vacation that feel so great at the time. And then all of a sudden you're like throwing yourself onto doing it on your own and starting your own business. 
What was some of the things that came up for you during that time? Was there any like? I mean, I will say, you know, in some respects, starting the business wasn't as difficult maybe as some because of the fact that I had only in prior years moved out here with nothing to my name and had to rebuild my life. I knew what it felt like and was kind of still in that position of eating hand to mouth. Even when I was working in corporate and stuff, I wasn't, I was just starting to be able to maybe put a little savings together. I mean, but as we all know, living in California is not exactly cheap. So everything I was making anyway, I was living paycheck to paycheck, regardless if I was working for corporate or not, even on that salary base, um, being able to just afford my new life out here. So the struggles and the trials and tribulations of like, where's my next check gonna come from? My AR is, you know, somebody hasn't paid me in 30 days. It was kind of familiar to me already. So as painful as it was, I don't think it was as painful or scary as it could be for most who try to take that leap, who are used to that comfort level. Um, up until about, I'd say two years ago, that was pretty much what I considered my comfort level was just that scraping by mindset. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was scary. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I knew I had bills to pay and things coming up at the first of the month. And I had clients that weren't paying me on time. And, you know, and it's that fine line of calling them up and not trying to beg for your money, you know, to try to still sound professional, but in the same respect, have a little urgency of like, I'm not going to be able to pay rent next month. Um, and trying to find that fine line of professionalism. Um, and so that was a struggle is trying to figure that out. Um, and I struggled with that for the first couple of years until I actually reformatted my business plan of how I build my clients. And then I don't chase my AR anymore. Now everybody's on retainer. Um, and that retention that I get every month pays for the business. So that allows me now to focus on different things like promotion, marketing, advertising, you know, those kinds of things, areas of um, business that I want to get more into um, started, you know, and other areas of business I kind of want to start to pull away from a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What have been some of the hardest obstacles you've had as you've ran your business that you've had to overcome? Money. <laughs> money. Um, that's been one of the more uh, exhausting ones. Um, also learning to try to teach myself that it's okay, like it, it, trying to learn your schedule, trying to kind of get your, myself out of the mindset of like the old ways, like you have to be at the office at nine and you have to be there until five and you can't, you know, and you're not being productive unless you're working those hours and you kind of put yourself into that really fixed routine um, because what I was getting was people were calling me at eight o'clock at night or six o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I was working essentially all day. And so I had to teach myself that, you know, the way you were thinking about being productive in a work environment, working for somebody else is very different than in being productive and working for yourself. Um, you have to find a balance because when you are working for yourself, because it doesn't look like tr traditionally work, you're working all the time. You're either answering clients' emails, phone calls, text messages, you're doing marketing, you are in the night doing research, you're, I'm in school. Oh yeah, and by the way, while I started this company, I went back and got my grad degree. So, you know, let's just top that on. 
Um, and so with that, and that was the difficult part is to give myself the confidence that the old way wasn't going to work trying to run a business. And I had to find a new way to do that. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that piece. Like they're so, we're so used to like that nine to five mentality mm. and, you know, feeling like we have to work for eight, nine, 10, 12 hours a day, depending on what um, everybody's background is and where they worked at before. And then when you start your own business, you, you're like, oh, I'm going to have all this free time. Like I'm going to be able to like schedule things the way I want to. But then like you shared, like you get into your business and there's so many pieces to your business that you're responsible for that you don't even, a lot of times, most entrepreneurs don't even think about like all the different departments they have within their business. Yet they're a solopreneur in the beginning, a lot of the times too, right? So they're, they're the, um, the janitor, they're the CEO, the CFO, exactly. they're the marketing department, they're doing the sales, they're like, yeah. you know, doing the admin tasks and all, they're creating content for their business. There's so many different facets to it. And so it's yeah. hard sometimes when you first start out to figure out like, how am I going to do this where I still have time to like be with my family or do the fun stuff that I was planning on doing when I started my own business. So it's that balance of figuring out like what actually you want to take on for yourself yeah and that was the other thing is like what the idea of work looks like to you you know when I was in corporate being in a at a desk in an office all day that looked like work but there are a lot of aspects of my business that I do that don't look like work that are fun that I'm enjoying to do like the the advertising part of it or even doing like this a podcast this is technically work yeah, yeah. um but it's it doesn't feel like work, you know? So it was like finding that mental side of yourself as well. It's like what feels like work and what doesn't and that you are still working. It just feels different, it, you know, and kind of going through that uh, journey. I had a lot of anxiety in the beginning. I won't lie. I mean, I <laughs> my therapist got billed a lot during that time um, because I was trying to teach my, I was trying to reteach my brain what work is, what what work looks like, and then what the value of that time is, even though it isn't maybe always directly related to a paycheck or to money. You know, you may be, there's a lot of time in my day that I spend doing promotion and HR and things of that nature that aren't directly related to me getting paid, but it still does get me paid in the long run because it eventually works out, you know, the project works to something that becomes lucrative. Yeah. So it's, it's that balance too, because in the beginning you, I just, especially in a service business like mine, it was just always trying to just, you know, work to get paid, work to get paid, work to get paid, you know, do a tax return, do a bookkeeping, you know, and just constantly billing out and trying to stay financially alive. And then also going, wait a minute, I've got to spend time on HR. I've got to spend time on janitorial. I've got to spend time on marketing. I've got to get myself out there, even though I'm not directly getting paid for it. Whereas in the time of the day where I can do that um, and not feel like I'm losing money. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's a big juggle too. And I feel like after five years, I'm finally figuring that out. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that too, because I know when I first started my business back in 2007, I felt like I was working just as much as I was when I was in retail management because I was, you know, trying to do all of those different pieces. And as I got better at my job and got more clearer at like which activities were income producing activities and which were kind of foundational pieces to my business that I needed to kind of have like that 
not necessarily always one and done, but there's certain things to your business that once you kind of figure it out, you don't have to go back to that process. Yeah. That makes it so much easier. And then knowing that you have to be marketing your business, like I, I tell my, I, I tell myself and my clients like 10 hours a week of marketing is huge. Like if you are consistently marketing your business every single week, then your business is going to continue to grow. But as soon as you stop doing that activity and then you get, you know, a lot of times we get, we do so much client deliverable work. We're working with Mm -hmm. clients that we forget to market. We forget to do some of those behind the scene things. And then when that client finishes with us, like we lose that client and we haven't done the work to grow our practice at that point, especially as a service base, which I know you can relate to. So I had to find that balance for myself. Like, how do I show up each week and market my business? How do I take care of all the admin stuff? How do I do the client deliverable and coaching sessions? How do I work on creating content to grow my business and to let people know a little bit about who I am and what I do and, you know, share some of my expertise. And I had to find that balance for myself in a way that wasn't me working 60 hours a week again. It was more... 30 hours a week kind of tops is what I work now. I don't want to work any more than 30. Um, and that Thank doesn't you. mean sometimes when I'm not, you know, working that I'm not taking a shower or walking the dog or playing with the kids. And I don't have an idea that pops into my head. Cause as entrepreneurs, like our brains are always on, I feel like, but yeah. I'm like famous for having like a note, my notes tabs and my phone are like insane. Every time I have an idea, I just go in there and I write it down. So I don't forget Um, and then I go back to it later and then I can, that's like my voice, my voice memes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness for those types of things though, because as entrepreneurs, like even if we're not working, we're kind of in the background, like our minds don't really turn off as much where when you work a corporate job, like when you leave the office, or at least I did, once I left, like I was like done, like I was at home completely where now it's, you know, the ebbs and flow of the day, like some days, I'm working more and then other days my kids need support, especially with the past year with everything with the pandemic. Like I've had to really figure out how to balance supporting my kids with their virtually schooling, working my business, volunteering, doing those different things that I do and finding like a schedule that really works for me and my lifestyle. Yeah. Huge. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it is. And then making sure that there is a balance between money generating work and then, you know, now versus money generating work come in the future. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, that's been, that's definitely been a challenge to find that balance, but I feel like I'm just starting to try to figure that out now. Plus also I've been able now to hire staff, which is huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's taken a huge, um, huge weight off my shoulders because I've been able to now just back off of being like the entire bookkeeping department. I don't even go near. I have staff for that now. I have administrative staff that helps me um, with all. I will tell you, modern technology, God bless it, is I couldn't imagine trying to be an entrepreneur before cell phones and, um, you know, apps and and things that help you kind of get through your day. I mean, even just something as silly as what that, like, Calendry, you know, app has been a godsend because finally I could just now... It, 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 it saves me time instead of having a conversation and being like, well, when can you meet? Well, when can you meet? It's like, here's my link, just make an appointment and I'll see you then. Uh, and like that, that right there is just like, takes away some of the stress. And then, 
you know, yeah, I could imagine not doing it before technology. Technology's definitely helped for sure. Well, and I think that's why you see such a rise of entrepreneurship as well. Yeah. So many people, it's so much easier now to actually go after your dreams and, you know, create your own business off of the skill sets that you learned either in your career or um, through college or self-educating even a lot now people are able to say you know what like I don't need to work for somebody else I can actually freelance do this or I can start my own business or a lot of people will partner with other companies and you know do contract work and different things like that so they don't have to have that um, job per se they still they're able to kind of create a schedule and and a system for themselves that really works where if you think about it 20 even 20 years ago it was there wasn't as many people that started their own business I was the first in my family to go off outside of, you know, working a career and start my own business. And I got a lot of slack from people like, what do you mean you're going to start your own business? Like you're going to quit this, you know, I was making good money. I had health benefits and all those things. And they were like, no, you don't leave that. Like you, like that's success. You stay there. And I was like, no, this isn't success for me. This is exhausting and overwhelming. And I'm missing out from spending time with my with my kids and, you know, seeing my family and my friends. And I was just exhausted because my hours were so different every single day. Some days I was working a morning shift, some days a night shift. And I was like, no, there's gotta be more there. Tell me there's more out there. And that was when I started like slowly starting to, you know, I got curious. I was like, what, what can I do that would provide me the ability to stay home more and like go to my son's soccer games and not yeah. miss all of those mom moments. Cause I know I, I had a ton of mom guilt at the time. I was like, I'm doing all this work for my family yet. I'm not seeing my family. And that was like yeah. the most important thing to me at the time and always is still, but like that was kind of what got me curious and got me to where I started researching. Like, what can I do? What kind of business could I start so that I can have some of that freedom and flexibility that I was so craving. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we've been gifted, luckily, you know, uh, in the last, I'd say, 10, 20 years where we don't have to have that old traditional mindset, like you were saying, where you, you know, you go to college, you get that job, you grow up the ranks of it, you get the 401k, you get your pension, and you retire. You know, that was, that was essentially the dream that my father and my mother had for me and my brother was go to school, go to college, get a good job, grow up the ranks retire. That's what you do. Um, but that's not the way we work anymore. It's we, we found, like you said, there's got to be something better. There has to be. So it is a trade-off because you do stress your eyes. So I would say you probably take on in the beginning a lot more stress trying to figure out how to be able to manage both sides of that, to spend time with the family and run a business and stay lucrative and keep a roof over your head. Um, but then the trade-off, if you're able to do it, is great because you do get to spend more time with your kids and the roof is staying over your head and you can start start to save and build a future that a traditional job was supposed to have given you anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's another reason why I wanted to go on my own too, because jobs don't hold on to you for 30, 20 years anymore. They just don't. You know, people don't go into a job and stay there for 20 years anymore. You're lucky if you stay five to six years you know, maybe 10, and then you're off to another job. You've hit the ceiling, you go somewhere else. Um, and there became a lot more turnout or turnaround I was seeing in corporate than that traditional feeling of, of what it was, you know, back in maybe the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. 
by the time the 90s and the 2000s came around, turnover in corporate was so much more um, relevant and it just so it happened a lot more. And there wasn't that security, that sense of security that our parents were raised with, where they felt they went into a job, they stuck with that job and they could find a balance uh, between life and the job. Now you don't have that. So why not try to go on your own? You know, if you're already going to be insecure, be insecure for yourself. That's what I always thought. So yeah such great points because you're right like you we get to choose our destiny we get yeah. to choose how we do it what that looks like and like there's no point in sitting back and just watching to see what happens like you have to you know actually go out there and take action and do the work to make your dreams happen it doesn't amen worst comes to worst i can always go back to corporate <laughs> you know, like i have this i have skill sets i have degrees i have accreditations that i can get a job anywhere God forbid, you know, I failed at this, um, which I don't believe I will. Uh, I know I won't. Yeah. Um, I could always go back to corporate. I could always go back to the regular old nine to five job if I had to. And I could earn a fine living doing that. So I think that also helped gave me the confidence to say, take the leap, jump, and let's see what happens with this. Because if all else fails and you flat fall flat on your face, you can still pick yourself up and go right back into the work environment that you came from. So I always joke that there's no plan B and yeah. that I'm, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I know it's there, but I don't think about it. I don't want to think about it. You know? like, I can't imagine having to get up and be like on a regimented schedule anymore. I love the fact that it's like, eh, I want to stay in bed for another 20 minutes and see what Kelly and Ryan have to say, you know, or, hang out with like today, perfect example. My fiance has gone for eight days up in Montecito working for his billionaire clients and I won't see him for eight days. So I hung out with him a couple more hours this morning because I know I'm not gonna see him for eight hours. So I got that opportunity, which was great. So, and then, you know, but I can get all my work done between 11 and six today, you know, versus nine to four or whatever. So that is, I do really appreciate that. And once, you get comfortable with that and you get the confidence of that, it really does pay off, I think, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What would you say is your definition of success? That's a good question. Um, I think freedom. I, a lot of it's a sustainability of myself. I, I take care of me. My, my feeling of success is that I answer to nobody. I answer to myself and to my clients and um, majority myself. And I think that's success. I, I live, I don't live a, an elaborate lifestyle, but I live a very comfortable lifestyle, um, which I like. I don't feel like, you know, I, and I've lived there and I know what it feels like to worry about how you're going to get your bills paid or, oh my God, there's only $10 left in the bank account and I'm not going to be able to get paid until a week from now. What do I do? Um, for me, a sense of success, because I am a numbers person, is the sense that that burden no longer uh, is with me. Um, I know that I've got a good enough regime going and a good enough, the train's moving in the right direction, full speed ahead enough to where I've been able to give myself sustainability and a sense of comfort of lifestyle, um, which I think I've been trying to get to since I graduated college at 21. <laughs> um, yeah. it's just the sense that I'm not, I'm not beholden to somebody else. Um, you know, like I've talked to you when I moved out here to Maryland, 
guy I was dating at the time, I was absolutely beholden to him. He paid the bills. Like I paid the bills and stuff. Yes. But I didn't contribute. I couldn't contribute as much financially to the lifestyle I was leading than he could. So it was always, my relationships weren't equal. I was always, you know, I always, and I watched my mother do that too. And I think that was a huge thing is that my mother never had the confidence to go out on her own to take care of herself. She always expected a man to do it for her. Um, even though my mom worked and even though my mom participated, don't get me wrong, it's that she never had the sense of confidence in herself that she could give herself that lifestyle that she thought only a man could give her. And watching that, I always thought, I'm gonna give myself that lifestyle, not another man. And I think that's what my success is, is that at 43 now, I've given myself that lifestyle to mine. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that it, it is driven by, you know, what I saw in my childhood, you know, the examples yeah. I've shown. Yeah. So much of what we do is based off of like the generations before us, like our ancestors, yeah. like how we've observed things, how we've taken things in. And what we've oh, seen, absolutely. So we have the opportunity to break those patterns. What would you say, because it, it, because it sounds like you've done such a beautiful job of like breaking that mold and really creating the confidence in your life. What would you say has like been the secret to you creating that confidence to kind of go forward and do things your way and start your own business? I think I'm starting, I'm, st I'm still trying to figure that probably that question out a little bit. We all are. <laughs> A lot of it is just get, kind of just get up and go. Like, you know, my dad always said, you know, 90% of life is just showing up. Just show up, even if it's terrifying or scary or just show up. And I think that's, it's just, it's getting up, just doing it, just doing it, just doing it over and over again. And just trying to push that rock up that hill every day, just a little bit. And I think as the more I was able to do that, the more accomplishments I could see myself making, the more um, that the how you know that I was satisfying uh, clients' needs, um, that I was I was I could see that I was good at my job. I think all of those things just slowly in little bits and little stages started to come together as as a whole, and then it came to a point where it's like I got this, I got this. You know, where the first few years of my business, I can tell you right now, that is not what it would come out of my mouth. I was thinking I got this. I was terrified. I never thought I had it. Um, but just, you know, instead of giving up or and I'm a, don't get me wrong, there were days where I was like, cancel my appointments. I'm staying in my PJs. I'm terrified. I'm taking a day off from the world. I can't do it. The pressure's too much. I can't do it. And uh, I would, I'd hide for a day and I've done that. And heck, I'd, I could still do it next week. We don't know. But <laughs> But I think it's just the next day, get up, go, move, keep just pushing the ball forward, keep doing it. And I think eventually I always had to have faith that it would, it would come to a place where it would, it would get easier. You know, if you just work hard and like they always tell you, work hard enough, it's got to get easier at some point. Um, and it's starting to get easier. And now I can have a bit more of that reflectiveness and go, I think it's just the fact that I just kept showing up. Yeah. And it gave me the confidence to just go, okay, I got this now. Yeah. While you were saying that, it made me think of one of the quotes that I love that it's um, leap and the net will appear. Yeah. And so often I know in my business, like there's been so many times where I've just kind of taken that leap and I had no idea if it was going to work, if it wasn't going to work, if I was going to fall flat on my face or if I was going to bounce yeah. right up or like what was going to happen. 
But I think that's like one of the like secret ingredients to be an, an entrepreneur is we just leap and we expect the net to appear. We don't second guess, like, is this going to work? And if it doesn't work, we get back up and we kind of dust ourselves off again and we get back out there and we do the next thing or we tweak it or we test it and we measure it and see what we can do different for that next time. And we just continue to go down that path. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was, I see being an accountant, I worked for corporations. I never worked. I did for a time in Maryland because of the CPA requirement. I never worked for like a big five or a CPA firm to understand we have to get these licenses and you have to get these qualifications and you have to abide by these rules. And this is how you do a tax return. And this is what's going to happen if the IRS calls you. I mean, so there's a lot of things in my business that will send you into a heart attack. You know, the first time a client gets something back from the IRS and a filing I did, it says, oh no, your client now owes $2,000 or $20,000. And you're like, oh my God, you know, and you freak out because the last thing I ever want to do is to put my clients in any way, shape or form in a sense of liable, um, trying to save them money, not make them pay more, you know? And that was very scary for me in the beginning because I was dealing with majorly liable situations that I could get sued over. I could, you know, I could lose my practice just by pure, sure ignorance of not knowing what to do. Um, so I had to learn how to start to try to reach out to the community. Hub's been a huge help in that and just start to be like, am I doing this right? Am I supposed to be doing it this way? You know, like I have no idea. Like I'm just running around here blind, praying for the best and, and hoping to God it works. And nine times out of 10, thank God it did. Um, but there were, yeah, like you said, you leap and you pray and you hope the net catches you. But I think in my, you know, in my business, that net had to be there. It had to, because falling on my face could get me sued. It could, it could lose my business, my practice. And when I don't have a mentor or somebody I can rely on to go, am I doing this right? Um, that comes very scary. I mean, I, I will say, thank God for my dad. My dad's a CPA, he's a CFO. He worked for Martin Marietta for years, uh, which is now Lockheed Martin. Um, my mom, they own their own business now, mergers and acquisitions. So I've had luckily them to rely on a lot. Um, they've been a huge help, but that, that's about it. I mean, other than that, I have just seriously closed my eyes, prayed and jumped and prayed for the best. And I, I think the gods are on my side because so far so good. I mean, but I think just being honest, being ethical, being credible, working hard, you know, following through, making sure you're not cutting corners. That was always what I tried to just stick by. If I stuck by that, I always felt like I would at least get to the other side okay, you know. And like I said, so far, so good. Yeah, you yeah. got this. <laughs> yeah, I got this. Got this. <laughs> so now when the IRS sends a letter, I don't freak out as bad. I'm like, oh, those stupid idiots. I'll call them tomorrow. We'll get this done. We'll get this fixed. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes the IRS letter. That's like... Yeah the worst thing in the in the world that you can get in the mailbox <laughs> yeah oh god it, it happens you know it just does it, yeah it even how like oh god really won't know um but luckily it's i know how to it's learning the confidence knowing how to handle those those really tricky moments in your business and i think that's another thing of success is when you finally start to be able to handle the the problems that come at at you you know those of going, how do I handle this? How do I solve this problem? How is the best way I can solve this problem? Because that can be very, very intimidating and very scary because you think if I can't solve this problem, it's more detrimental than it would be if I was working in a more traditional setting. 
Yeah. Um, so that it was it was overcoming that too. That's not what drove me to go to grad school. Um, and, you know, and retake the exams out here again um, because I felt like if I had done all that, then then I'll have to learn how to solve all this, and that it'll make my it'll make it easier for me. And it, and I was right, it did. I mean, it's it's a heck of a thing to go to grad school and, and keep your business going. I mean, but I don't have kids, so you know, I think it's you've got to trade one for another essentially. But um, but I do have more confidence now, and I know how to solve these problems better. Um, getting a more traditional uh, education on it. Absolutely. This has been so fun, Lindsay, having you on. Um, before we kind of wrap up everything, I have some rapid fire questions that I love to ask all my guests at the end. Sure. And I always joke, it's more for me because I'm super curious. So I like to um, find out people's answers. So I'm super curious, what are you binge watching right now? Or are you? Oh, Outlander. <laughs> oh yeah, love me some Jamie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Give me some Jamie. <laughs> and I just discovered it too. Everybody's like already on season five and I just discovered it. So yeah, I read the books. Oh gosh, probably like oh. four or five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, and then when this, when the series came out, um, I was like, oh yeah, we're watching this. Eye candy. <laughs> oh yeah. 50 shades, eat your heart out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. And what's on your nightstand? Are you reading any books right now? Um, yes, I've started reading H.P. Lovecraft again for some reason. Um, I love his poems. I love his short stories. Um, other than that, uh, lip gloss and uh, a nail file. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and what do you like to do when you need a reset or recharge? I ride my horse. Awesome. Do you have, um, do you live, is your horse on your property or do you have to go? I wish, that's another goal. That's another point of success. And I can finally own a property long and big enough to put my horse on it. Now he's in Temecula right now. Okay, not too far from me. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And who would you say has been the biggest impact or influence on your life? I don't know. Um, me, <laughs> honestly. Um, me. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair answer. <laughs> and um, what's your morning routine look like? Do you have a morning routine? Like I know some people I, are super regiment when, it, when they wake up. I've started to try to give myself one. Um, so Tyson doesn't let me check my phone anymore when I first wake up in the morning because I was starting to have heart attacks. <laughs> so um, or having come apart as he likes to call them. So usually we wake up. Um, I'll watch the news take the dog out, have my lemon water, have my coffee, get in the shower, do uh, either, uh, and then I usually work out in the mornings, but sometimes not. I've been a little worse with that lately. Um, and then off to work around 10, 1030. That's about what I do. Okay. Yeah. But it takes about me two hours to finally like get my butt out the door. Yeah. 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 I like, I love a good slow morning. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I cherish them. Yeah. Another to go into business for yourself you can have good long mornings yeah. i definitely am a slow morning person and if i can get up and have my coffee and like journal or just hang out with the kids in the morning and not have like you know the days when you wake up and it's like as soon as you get your feet are on the ground you're like shower dressed breakfast grab the the backpacks and lunch pails or whatever drop kids off at school go to work like i remember those days and oh, yeah. i so treasure like a slow morning now Oh, I think if you can grab me time in the mornings, you're set because you'll never grab it after that ever. 
Absolutely. you're off the races after that point. Um, so I try to make it a point at least a few times a week. Yeah, definitely grab me time. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And my last question for you, and I know I can't do it today, but if I could give you a plane ticket and you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? <laughs> where I want to go on my honeymoon, which is the south of France. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Do you guys have a date? Yeah, uh, April 24th of next year. Next year. Awesome. It's coming up then. I know travel yeah. plans may be here sooner than later. I pray that this COVID stuff gets over soon because yeah, I've always he's I loved I'll eat anything and he's a private chef. So the only thing I want to do is get on a plane, fly into Madrid and eat my way all the way into Salerno. Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to do. And like if you look at my Google Maps right now, there is like I am completely pinned because I've already like I've got the whole thing planned out. I'm pinned from Madrid to Rome. <laughs> it's like all these restaurants I want to go eat at. Yeah. Even though I can't read a thing on the menu, I don't care. Yeah, you're like, just give me anything. Um, I'm a big fan well, so yeah. I would do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I hope next year we can travel again. I really do. I, fingers crossed, I couldn't imagine us not being open by then and the travel <sighs> being open. So you should yeah. be good to go. I, I'm thinking positive thoughts for you because- Me too, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm in the travel as well. And I'm like, let's open up these borders. I need to go somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> I know. I mean, just give me a Rosarita for a weekend for crying out loud yeah. at this point. I mean, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Lindsay, this has been so much fun having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and your busy days. Um, I know people are going to want to connect with you. Where should where should they go? Do you like to hang out on any social media platforms or? I'm on Facebook. Uh, Wiley Financial Services is my page on Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, same name. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, same name. Um, and then my website is WileyFinancialInc.com. Awesome. You get to know anything you want about me on that. <laughs> Perfect. And I know that you had a free gift for everybody. Um, you were going to offer um, a financial consult consultation with you. Is that yes. right? Yes. A 30 minute financial consultation. If they've got questions about the stimulus packages coming up or the one that is in um, pursuant right now, second round of PPP, tax returns, estates, trusts, yeah, I'm starting the business. What are the, you know, the, the basic financial things that they need to do? Any of that, I'm happy to help. Awesome. So generous of you. I know so many people have so many questions right now, especially with all the different loans and different things that are going on. Um, I know oh, you're yeah. a wealth. It's of like the Wild West. So I'm trying to navigate the Wild West the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> we love you for doing that. <laughs> most of us are like, what is it? All, most, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, I got the answers. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming thank on. Thank you so, so much. Fun. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. Until then, make it an amazing week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.